Welcome to Lockdown Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630 WLAP, the home of the cats, right here in Lexington. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together, Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking the cats. If it is a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. This edition of the show is brought to you by Buffalo Trace Distillery. I'll tell you a little bit more about them in a bit. Um, but obviously, Kyle, we got to talk Kentucky's win over Louisville. We're going to figure we're going to talk Ashton Haggins, Tyler Hero, P.J. Washington to a certain extent. And I thought uh, John Calipari had some interesting comments as well. But I want to start with the controversy we accidentally uncovered about, <laughs> uh, about Ashton Haggins' shoes. Yeah, I asked him about the, the L's down coming out of the game because he, like, coming off the court, he was strutting out two big L's down in his hand, his hands, you know, doing the L's down on his chest and a bunch of the guys joining PJ Washington, I think Manuel quickly, maybe some others. I know, um, I think Alex Schlitz from the Herald leader, really good photographer, had a cool picture of that. Um, which by the way, followed, uh, Tyler hero doing the Pedro Serrano big balls dance with well, the three. He did inverted three goggles down between his legs I uh, had to go back and review the photo of that, but that is definitely what it was. Uh, so there's a lot of, like, emotion and celebration, and I wrote about that for The Athletic, kind of the return of the Bahamas swagger, um, and that'll be up here shortly. By the time people listen, probably be up on The Athletic. Um, I thought that was a big part of the game and the day and, and the theme of this season as they have tried to rebuild themselves after the Duke demolition. Um and so before asking Ashton about the, the post-game L's down, he revealed that he had uh, premeditated some pre-game uh, L's down. He had some custom Nikes made at True Blue, True Blue Customs. A lot of Kentucky fans and, and certainly sneakerheads will be familiar with that. Uh, it's a, a Lexington, I think Lexington shop that does custom sneakers. These were really cool. They were the, these bright Kentucky blue Nikes. Uh, they had uh, uh, No Mercy sort of scrawled on the side in like a graffiti type style down the laces and the little n- like nodules that hold that you loop the laces through uh, were each of Kentucky's national championship seasons uh, listed all eight of them and then on the tongues were these Mickey Mouse gloved hands you, you're familiar with the cartoon the, those white kind of puffy Mickey Mouse gloves uh, inverted into with with the finger L's upside down so they were the l they were mickey i don't know why mickey mouse hands but they were mickey mouse hand l's down on the tongues of his custom sneakers and he said when 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 i asked him about the post game l's down he said well i actually had sneakers with them on before the game and the officials made me take them off which seemed odd i didn't think you could do that yeah that was that was kind of my question about it is what the why Right. Well, so I mentioned this to UK's media relations people, and then and I had tweeted about it and some other and that kind of it kind of has like caught fire that he had to take these first that these shoes existed, then that he had to take them off. Well, uh, UK's equipment manager actually called their media relations guy and said that is not what happened. Oh. He was told to change his tights because whatever they were, they were not like uniform or they weren't the the kind of tights you you have to wear. I don't know what. I don't know that either, that controversy. But he was told to change his tights. 
And I guess while he was back there, he changed his shoes as well. Now, I don't know if he just decided because these were new. They're custom shoes. Maybe they didn't fit or feel good. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he was confused by what they were telling him to change. That makes sense. But nonetheless, Kentucky's version of this is that w- he was not told by officials to change his sneakers because that's not even something that's in the rules. Um, yeah, because, I mean, if you just watch the game, obviously Keldon Johnson's wearing, like, crazy different color shoes. Yeah, I mean, I guess the theory would be, like, that, you, you know, they thought it was disrespectful or taunting or yeah. whatever. I don't even think the officials would see it. It's very no. small. It's a small little thing right on the tongue of a pair of sneakers. Who's looking at the tongue of the sneakers? And also, if you're looking at it, I don't know if you'd even notice because they're not, like, it doesn't say L's down. It's not, like, written in script. It's Mickey Mouse glove hands. Now, one thing I did think when I looked at that picture is that you could, yeah, you could, like, interpret it as, like, a middle finger. Yeah. The way it looks. But anyway, I don't think it was any of that. Apparently, it was just a confusion. About the tights. Yeah, it was a a weird situation. But I would circle back to my my point being, you know, sort of the theme of everything I wrote today. Kentucky really looks like, in the span of the last eight days, like a team that has that swagger back. Like the thing, as much as the way they were playing, forget the opponents, and Calipari kind of dismissed the, the quality of those opponents today in the Bahamas. He said, I tried to schedule them for the regular season. The thing I think that got everybody fired up was the way they played, the attitude they played with, the confidence. You know, there was there was swagger for for lack of – I used to hate that word, but that's, I think, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word, swagger. Calipari was kind of swaggy Cal all summer, and he, he admitted again s- today after, well, you know, saying for all along, I didn't get intoxicated, I'm not going to get intoxicated. I You know, and he said, I said that I wasn't getting intoxicated, but I probably did. He said he missed some things here. today. There were things that happened, and I said I'm not intoxicated by what happened down there, but I probably was. <laughs> yeah, and then he said I missed it as a coach. Yeah. He said we were a bad defensive team. We weren't good willing passers. There were guys that were playing so much for themselves that they couldn't play for us, and I missed it. And he said sometimes I make mistakes. He did his old joke about I think what was it 1978 the that, last time I made a mistake. But that he said, year that year keeps going further back right. in time. But he says when you you know when you screw up you start over, and mm-hmm. they kind of started over. Uh, they kind of had to after Duke just absolutely laid waste to them and all their confidence. But this has been a, a slow build. If you kind of look back, starting five games ago, they played a really quality UNC Greensboro team, which until two weeks ago was their best win. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a game. They win that game by 17 points. That's an NCAA tournament team probably. They've got a star scorer who goes off in the first half. That's the game where Ashton Hagens really announces, hey, I can be a lockdown defender. You know, then they play Seton Hall – which one shot goes the other way, and you say that was a that was a gutty win on the road, basically at Madison Square Garden. That's the game where Keldon Johnson kind of announces that he can be the clutch, you know, big play guy, big shot guy that he'll take and make those big shots. And he's been on a freaking three point, you know, tear since then. Uh, you know, they blow out uh, Utah, and then. And it's North Carolina. You know, North Carolina and Louisville in back-to-back yep. games. And, and, and not just wins, but Dominated. away from home, they lead North Carolina by for 35 minutes and were never really in much trouble. And they lead Louisville today by 36 minutes and were at no point in trouble. What was the – do you know for sure what the lowest it got under? Because I don't well, remember. It was, they had a chance, you know, in the second half. They they had a chance. Uh, the lead was like 14 or 15, and it was – they. 
Louisville made a run and had a chance to get it to four. They had a put-back dunk oh, yeah. to get it to four. Missed it. Their best player, uh, Nora, missed it. It's Wara. Is it really? Wara yeah. is how Jeff you say Jeff Greer okay. taught us that on the, the last podcast. Mm-hmm. Missed it. And then it's like, I think Hagen's made a couple plays. Like, in a in a blink, it was back to, like, ten points. Yep. And, uh, uh, I think it was or twelve Chris, points. Actually, Chris Mack actually was talking about that in the post game, and the way he he summed that little uh, spurt up was he said they punked us in that three to four minute span. And I mean, yeah, and that's that's kind of what happened. And it's just you know we haven't even mentioned yet Tyler Hero played his best game in a Kentucky yeah. Let's let, let's let's get into uh, Tyler Hero uh, coming up next. But first, I do want to tell you guys about our new sponsor, Buffalo Trace Distillery. At Buffalo Trace Distillery, the world's most award winning distillery. See 200 years of bourbon-making history in action. Smell the mash cooking. Touch the charred oak barrels aging in century-old warehouses. Hear the tales of bourbon legends like Colonel Blanton, E.H. Taylor, and W.L. Weller. And taste award-winning spirits at America's oldest continually operating distillery. Buffalo Trace Distillery offers complimentary tours and tasting seven days a week. And that's year-round. Experience the popular Trace Tour our own Bourbon Pompeii, and walk in the footsteps of E.H. Taylor. Visit the world's bourbon destination, Buffalo Trace Distillery. To learn more about the tours and the award-winning spirits, visit buffalotracedistillery.com. And right now, it's a great time to go visit if you're local and you haven't kind of been putting it off because you didn't want to fight some crowds right now is a great time to go and check it out if you haven't already that's buffalotracedistillery.com to get more information also a pretty delicious bourbon yes you are locked on kentucky your daily kentucky wildcats podcast so tyler hero um you talking about swagger, and that was kind of like the the whole yes. thing with him after the game. He, he was talking about that, and I liked his answer. I asked him if he enjoyed hitting shots to quiet the crowd. He's like, "Yes, yeah, yes, I like it a lot." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that was the that that's who he was in high school. I mean he, it. it I think you you know you can't just say because they were this in high school they can do it at this yeah. high level in college. But you know that's who these guys were. Ashton Hagen's what we're seeing now. That's who he was. The guy who attacks offensively and. Uh, looks to to drive and score on people. The guy who locked people up defensively—that's who he was, and it was at a high level at these high-level national events against best, you know some of the other best players in the country. Tyler Hero, same thing. I mean, he's a guy who fills it up. He's what do he have like 10, 40 point games as a senior in high school? Mm, something pretty crazy, um, you know. And he's just struggled so much, I think, because they've worked with his shot. They wanted him to you know be be a ready shooter to get it off quicker. You know, than he was in high school. I think he started to rush, um, and I think he was getting really frustrated. But tonight, ten of or today, ten of thirteen from the field, four of six from three, twenty-four points, five rebounds, had a couple assists, a couple steals, uh, a block shot. I thought yeah. he played really. I was impressed. Really with that block. well. You know, he had twelve points early in the game. You know, early in the first half hit a big one that, that forced a, a Louisville timeout, and that's when he came dancing to the sideline <laughs> doing the, the Pedro Serrano celebration. Well, we Calipari should. got fired up. Everybody got fired up. I think you we know, should. I, I think uh, Hero flexes and, and screams and, like, showed, I thought, the most emotion I've seen from him all season. Yeah, I, I think there are just all these fingerprints throughout the game in the, the last couple of weeks of that confidence coming back for Kentucky. You see it in a lot of different – Areas, you know, Ashton Hagen's in the pregame in the tunnel before the Carolina game, w- walking up and down, telling guys, 
the aggressor wins. The aggressor wins. And they've, they have been the aggressor the last two games. I think ever since Duke until recently, they've been on their heels. I mm-hmm. mean, even against lesser opponents, it was like they were uh, still, you know, trigger shy because they, they had just gotten so bruised <laughs> and battered from that opener. I, I think we are, we are seeing, you know, Bahamas, Kentucky come back. Yeah. Um, uh, when you when you're talking about that dance, though, I think it should be referred to as the Kevin Knox West Virginia dance. <laughs> yes, Kevin Knox did the full blown Pedro <laughs> Serrano big balls dance. Uh, there was no mistaking that one. It that was, was not uh, not any kind of substitute hand gestures. It was, that was cradling the coconuts. That was pretty pretty. That was an impressive performance for Kevin Knox in West Virginia, and an impressive night for. Tyler Hero tonight. You mentioned Aston Higgins, and you know we talked about his shoes at length, but we didn't. I don't think we discussed him enough. And the thing I wanted to focus on was his offensive game, and specifically, uh, John Calipari said after the game that Higgins came up to him and said, "I want to run this play." Fist down. It was. It's a, a screen and roll play that's really intended, basically, to get him going downhill and and kind of make a play. And he he told Cal, "I think I can beat my man. Let me beat my man." Uh, and he did. He drove and scored, I think, on consecutive buckets to kind of put it away. Had a steal at the very end to kind of as icing on the cake. A few minutes before that, had an absurd steal. Yeah. Where he, it was, you well, know, like, his dad uh, has told me for a long time that if he had stuck with football, he thinks he could be an NFL player. He looked, and, he, and, and I asked him about it. He said that I had to break my Odell Beckham out. He had a, like, leaping, twisting, one-handed interception of, well, a, of a high... Uh, pass I, across I, midcourt. I, and I forget which big it was going to be to either. Enoch, I think. Yeah, Enoch, I believe. But the, the thing was, like, I, I, I felt like I was um, watching some, some triple option football with my eyes and how sometimes the camera gets tricked. Right. Like, I was looking for Enoch because the thing was, to Enoch. see, like, him come yeah, out the other side well, with Well, because Enoch hadn't, wasn't looking at the, right. down the court. And so I thought he was going to get, like, hit in the back of the head or it was going to sail out of bounds. And when I looked down court and I'm like, the ball's not there. And I look back, I'm like, did did the Louisville player somehow like get it back? Like just right. stop the pass from and I'm like, oh wait, Ashton Hagen somehow jumped up and like contorted himself and caught yeah, a pass was, in midair. It was impressive. He's got he's got eleven steals over the last two games. He had three more today. Um had eleven points, I think eleven points, three assists, three steals. Um and, and again like once again I feel like the box score even still doesn't really tell the tail he had by far the the team high um plus minus he was plus 14 and 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 also of note plus 14 in just 24 minutes yep. so in the 24 minutes he was on the floor they outscored little by 14 points he was uh sideline with foul trouble um pretty early i think that's one thing to watch because because ty- emmanuel quickly continues to really struggle um it doesn't matter right now because Hagens is playing so well but in the first half all 10 uh, of Kristen Cunningham's points came when Hagens was on the bench uh, and mostly matched up against Emmanuel quickly. I do think teams are going to start to try to attack um, Hagens to draw some fouls early because if you get him in foul trouble, that changes. I mean, he, he changes the energy of this team, and getting him out of there changes the energy of this team, I think, in a bad way. Mm-hmm. They're much worse defensively without him. Um, and so uh, that'll be an interesting thing to watch moving forward. But when he was out there, he just, I thought he completely um, energized them on both ends because he was attacking uh, offensively. He was driving and getting by his guy, um, setting people up. I mean, this was probably another game. I, I'd probably, I, I should go back and watch the last two games in total and see how many potential assists 
Ashton Hagen's had because I feel like in mm-hmm. both the last two games there were, I mean, probably a dozen times total where he drove, drew the defense, and kicked out to a wide-open dude who just missed a three. And they missed a ton of wide-open yeah. threes today. I mean, they yeah. could have. I mean, you could say the same of Louisville. They they both shot pretty poor. Uh, I don't even have the uh, – this is a halftime box, but I think they were – Well, you've got two. it there. Kentucky was 6 of 20. Louisville 5 of 20 from three. Um, both missed a bunch of – but, I mean, Kentucky missed. There was, like, two different possessions where they had One. several offensive rebounds and kept getting open threes and missing them. Um, and a couple of them included uh, Jamal Baker, which I kind of wanted to touch on. He did hit another one today. Yeah, he a hit pretty, one. a pretty big one at the time that yeah. he hit it. But um, uh, two things I wanted – well, first, let me make this point. Um, I actually tweeted out, and so I agree with you. I said Ashton Haggins is energy in human form. Yes. <laughs> and yes. So, um, but uh, the one thing I thought thought was interesting with Baker was the fact that when Haggins went out with some injury and after quickly had struggled a little bit, uh, they put Baker on Cunningham. Um, first stretch in the, at the end of the first half, and that kind of—I mean—it says a lot about a lot of things that that they have confidence in Baker's defense. One and two, that they kind of don't have confidence in, in Quickly's defense yes. uh, at this point. Maybe maybe more the second thing yes. um, than the first. I, I yeah, I, I think I I didn't I would not have predicted this <laughs> two weeks ago, but I really think there's a good chance that Jamal Baker starts to eat into Emmanuel Quickly's minutes. Yeah, and I think you got to think about it because he can make some shots. I mean. You watch him warm up. I posted a little video. It was like a one-minute video of him just like seven or eight consecutive swishes just moving all around the floor. He, he's he got a pure shot. Yeah. And well, he could – I think he's a guy who on a given night, you know, could, you know, as just as a role player, hit three or four threes and be a huge difference in a game. And I don't think, to your point, he's a massive defensive liability. No. I don't think he could be a whole lot worse than quickly has been because, I mean, if – I think just about anybody that has tried has successfully blown by quickly on a drive. Pretty and much. And that's that's becoming a pretty big liability. Yeah, and, and, and to your point, I think it's what's going to what's um, going to happen is basically, you know, Calipari it was a two guard two point guard lineup to even though you know Hagens was the point guard, um, but you know when he had Hagens and quickly in there at times that would be two of the three wings, and now I think that. Uh, for the most part, from the other two non-point guard wings, it's going to be uh, three guys, Hero, Johnson, and Baker. Yeah, and by the way, let, I mean, worth mentioning as we sort of um, recap where Kentucky is overall, you know, heading out of the non-conference and into SEC play next week against Alabama, has it been – I think I mean I think it's probably fair to say it looks like right now addition by subtraction with the transfer of Quade Green. I mean I think they look for one I think it's op- it's freed up um well, it's the, it's, it's, it's freed up the, the rotation what, like look. I feel like Calipari is uh there, there there's not as much pressure on trying to shoehorn these guys yeah. cuz cuz Jamal Baker to me and I think also to Calipari right now is like a if he's if he's playing well we'll play him if not yeah. it's not you know Nobody's going to be beating down his door saying, why aren't you playing Jamal Baker? Quade Green is one of those guys that I think he felt almost uh, an obligation to find a way to get him and all those other guys' minutes. I want to say something about that, uh, kind of like a counterpoint, and I think they, they, they aren't necessarily in complete disagreement. Um, but first, I do want to tell you guys real quick about Sling TV. 
you don't want to watch the game, you need to watch the game. And if you're sick of paying for 20 channels you never use just so you can see your team win, Sling TV is for you. It's the best way to watch college football, college basketball, NBA, all kinds of sports. 30 bucks a month to get you ESPN, Pac-12 Network, SEC Network, and more. Stream on your big screen and all your favorite devices. Your computer, your tablet, if you're on the go, you can even stream it on your phone with their app. Sling TV gives you the live TV you love, only better. No useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel at any time. And right now, Locked On listeners can get a 7-day free trial by going to sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So my point on about this whole end addition by subtraction thing is this. There was addition, though, in this equation, and the addition was Jamal Baker. So, 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 I mean, well, I, it was I, a trade. I mean, well, basically, that, 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 essentially, I feel, I'm yeah. just trying to. I'm. I feel like it's more fair to say that than addition by subtraction, if that makes sense. Because it's not like you just lost Quade Green and then nothing came to kind of fill that right. void a little uh, bit. That's. I mean, yeah, I think technically that's true, and and it's also probably fair. I do begin to wonder, though, if it was also just even if Baker were not in the in the picture here. Because it's not like he's made this massive impact. I mean, he hit, but he hit a couple threes in the last minute of a blowout, and he hit one three today. But he's a but threat. I mean, I, he is, but I, I'm, so was Quade. That's what I'm saying. I, so I, But I'm saying as a team, That's as fine. team chemistry, as the energy and the attitude, I mean, if you had a guy who was dis, you know, malcontent with his role, a, a guy who almost transferred in the summer, which it's, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious that that he was mulling that over because he did it nine games into this season. Um, if you got a guy that's unhappy, if you got a guy who thinks he should be playing more, if you got a guy who thinks he's better than the guy who's playing point guard, um, how is that going to affect the overall energy and chemistry of the team? I think it's fair to at least wonder. Uh, and and I think theorize, and, and I think I, I guess I am theorizing that they are maybe better without that. That's fine. You know, I, I think I think I would say most teams would be better off, and not even as a knock against the guy, but I think you'd be better off not having a guy in your locker room who's unhappy with his situation. Yeah, that's 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 fine. I think, but I think both of those things are. I don't know. You, I just don't think it would have been an e- as easy as a transition if you didn't have Baker being able to step into the role that Quade Green had filled on the court, and all the off-the-court stuff that you discussed there could also be true. Um, all right, I want to talk about the big guys because, honestly, we are just all a bunch of dummies. We talked about how Kentucky's biggest <laughs> advantage would be inside, right. and uh, Reed Travis and P.J. Washington combined for 14 points and 12 rebounds, and honestly... I think most people would have thought they would have each had that. <laughs> yeah, if you told me that, if you said 14 and 12 from those two total, I would not have, I don't know if I would have said they would lose, but I wouldn't have predicted a, just basically a wire-to-wire victory where it was never really much in doubt. I would say it was 42-22 in points in the paint, so that piece of it. And did they end up winning the rebound? By one. They out-rebounded them by one. Also, we haven't mentioned, this now goes down as the first time of the season Louisville has shot more free throws than its opponent and lost. They were 8-0 when getting more free throws than the opponent. They were 1-3 when the other team got more free throws. And I, I was 
thinking that was going to become an issue down the stretch. It ultimately did not because Kentucky did so many other things well. Um, but, you know, one, I, it's weird because I felt like the, both those guys had much more of an impact on the game yeah. than what those numbers say. And, and part of it is P.J. also had, what, three assists and four blocks uh, another, I mean, he had a, a ridiculous pass at one point today. He's become a very good passer. He had eight assists last game. So he's got 11 assists the last couple games. I think he's got seven blocks in the last couple games, um, playing really well defensively. I mean, he pinned uh, – was it Nora's? Oh, yeah, I believe so. Wara? Wara, yeah. Laura? I mean, that's what that's what Greer told me. Pinned so. his shot. He drove on him, and, and he, P.J. kind of hung back and, and pinned his shot on the glass and uh, and took it. I really like the way Washington is playing right now. It seems like he's embracing the do-everything role, the idea that, you know, what he is at the next level has to be some kind of, you know, uh, version of Draymond Green. And and I think, you know, he had two assists shy of a triple-double the last game. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, like I said, it was, what, just five points, which is weird. I mean, at one point well, it was two of two. And he hadn't really gotten many looks, but five five points, eight rebounds, three assists, uh, four blocks, and I think a steal or two. Um, and then Reed Travis too. It, it, what did he end up with? Travis ended nine with points and four rebounds. He had a couple of just like very physical finishes inside. Yeah, the, he's the become the guy who Enoch versus go body body to body with somebody and and and, and win that battle. Yeah, those were two large humans colliding yes. with each other. At one point, Enoch, he's not great, but he's an imposing figure. And at one point, he, he caught a lob that his like like whole torso smacked into the backboard on. He got he had to go way up the ladder to catch it. I didn't think he could. He did catch it, rattled the whole bucket colliding into it, and dunked it. Uh, certainly his best play of the day. But him and, and Reed Travis had some, some uh, like, car, car crashes down there in the paint. I thought Reed Travis, you know, really stood up to that well. So his nine points and four rebounds, I, I his impact felt bigger to me than, than that. Yeah, and uh, we haven't even mentioned Keldon Johnson, who ended the game with 15 points and seven rebounds. He didn't have a great shooting night, only going one for five from deep. Um, so, I mean, he, he but he was still Keldon Johnson. And I, obviously, you know, putting those points well, on the board. Well, he clearly wanted to punctuate the victory i thought they yeah, were gonna run gonna, the clock out and he gonna, just well, thundered he, down the lane oh they still had to, they had there was because there was i think thundered down the lane and crammed it and then i think hagan's had one more steal just for uh just yeah. for good measure uh to run it out but th- i mean that again that's like that the swagger thing all yeah. these guys kelton johnson is is like he hit a three and at one point in the game and talked trash all the way down the floor well i think um uh, you we were talking about uh, jeff greer he he is a seat that was near Kelvin johnson and he said when he was going back down the court after that three he said just was saying all day all day but not all day he didn't make another one but i think that was pretty early wasn't it yeah that was uh, that was really early but yeah I, just sort of to reiterate to me and this could all, you know, you go on the road in the SEC play and next week and maybe lay an egg. Who knows? It could all come yeah. right back down. I, I do think this team will hit some more speed bumps. They're going to play Kansas uh, at That'll the end be of fun. January. They're going to play, a, you know, really good Tennessee, really good Auburn, really good Mississippi State teams, all those teams twice. Calipari keeps mentioning the top five teams in the league. We play them all twice. How'd that happen? Ah, conspiracy theory. Ah. Uh, maybe just people want to see the best teams play each other. But, yep. um they're going to get tested a bunch, and they're going to lose more games. 
but yep. what I what I have seen over the I think I think in total when you took look at the big picture of the last five games and in the, and then specifically these last two, to me I can now I think I wrote at the end of this thing I had for the athletic today. You know, now you don't really have to squint too hard to see a team that can make the final four. Um, yep. Which a month ago. I don't think I could squint hard enough to see this team <laughs> making well, the final. Well, a four. month ago, the question was: Are they one of the four best teams in the SEC? Yeah, and and, and you know, we we entered this last two game stretch. I think we said on the podcast two weeks ago: If they lose these next two to Louisville, North Carolina, and Louisville, you go into SEC play saying: Are they on the bubble? Yep, because they would have zero quality wins. Yep, and that is no longer the case. Um, be sure to be following along with us on Twitter at LockedOnUK. I'm on Twitter at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. I have some of the clips that we discussed on my timeline, so go check them out. Uh, follow Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. Read all his work on The Athletic. Uh, stay tuned. I'm heading down to Orlando soon, and so I'll be having coverage from Kentucky versus Penn State in the Citrus Bowl. Thanks again to Buffalo Trace Distillery for sponsoring this podcast to learn more about their tours and award-winning spirits visit buffalotracedistillery.com thanks so much for listening to this edition of locked on kentucky please rate review and subscribe and most importantly share it with somebody else who would enjoy thank you so much for listening we'll talk to you soon are Locked On Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. Check, 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 check. You ready?